Today on Phone Calls with Clever People, we're having a conversation all about brilliance. In her brand new book, Be Brilliant, How to Lead a Life of Influence, best-selling author and today's guest, Janine Garner, boldly declares, you have everything you need to be brilliant if you choose it. I thought it'd be great to give her a call and unpack what that means for us as leaders. Hi everyone and welcome to Phone Calls with Clever People. My name's Shane Hatton. I'm a speaker, author and mentor from Melbourne, Australia and I'm passionate about all things leadership and communication. I realized recently that I know some really clever people in my network and I thought it would be a fun idea to be able to take some of their cleverness and share it with the rest of the world. Now through the wonders of technology, I'm broadcasting my phone calls with clever people just for you. And really the premise is quite simple. I just want to be able to ask great questions of talented people to help us all become more effective leaders. Now, there are some people we have the great fortune of colliding paths with and they make your life richer. Today's guest is best-selling author Janine Garner and she's definitely one of those people for me. Janine's a global thought leader, and I don't use that term lightly, on powerful networking, collaboration and transformational leadership and she joins me on the phone today. Janine, welcome. Oh, you are gorgeous. It's so fabulous to be here. Hey, can I just say as a starting point, congratulations. Today's the launch day of your brand new book, Be Brilliant, How to Lead a Life of Influence. Are you excited? I am. Although, as I was saying, it's all a bit surreal because we are launching a book in strange times where retail is is limited. There's no airports open. So uh, lots of online activity. But I'm actually going to head into the city today to see if I can track down a book because apparently it should be on shelves in Dimmocks. But I I just want to see it on a shelf to make it real. But it is exciting. It's been a long journey, Shane, of a couple of years of research and then the writing and absolutely being kicked up the butt by my editor to go deeper and deeper and uh, yeah it's fabulous to be able to to share it with the world and scary too a little bit scary always launching a book it is and it's essentially one of the things i remember when i put my book out into the world there was a moment where i received an email from the publisher saying that the book had just gone into libraries and i had a moment where i freaked out because i realized that my words were going to be in print in an archive for forever and it's a scary thing putting your ideas to paper, let alone then putting those ideas out into the world. And I want to hear all about it. I've got so many questions I want to ask you about the book. But one of the things I do when we kick off this is I like to start with some fast facts. And it's really just oh, three quick questions. So the first question is, um, where were you born? Uh, the second question, what was your first job? And then the third question is, what, what do you do with yourself now? <laughs> where was I born? I was born in a little village outside of Leeds in the north of England. So... Uh, if you'd have known me as a kid, I'd have talked more of it like this, hardly moving my mouth at all, definitely not smiling. I had a very, very strong northern accent. <laughs> um, so I'm from the north of England originally. My first job, um, oh, my God, I started work as early as I could. I reckon at about 13, I did a paper round. And it was one of those three paper rounds, but I was so petrified of dogs, my mum had to come and do it with me. Um, but, yeah, I pounded the streets delivering newspapers. And what do I do now? Now, well, pre-COVID, I will travel. I travel the world. 
uh, speaking, inspiring, motivating, training, and working with leadership teams and organizations to really build high-performing team and unleash the brilliance in teams to make sure that they're future-fit. Oh, what a like a really nice descriptor of what you do. And I think there's so many um, elements that we could talk about today. And so usually as a starting point, I like to get people on the same page about what we're uh, what we mean when we say um, the topic. So we, we talk about brilliance and we all hear our definition and what goes on in our mind when we hear that. Um, what does it mean to be brilliant? Um, well, for me, I absolutely believe that you have everything you need to become as brilliant as you want to become. It actually, though, comes down to whether you choose to or not. Um, I often, you know, I've, I've interviewed thousands of people around the world. Many of the stories are in this book. And everybody is just like you and me. Uh, we all have our own flaws, our fears, our worries about imperfections, our self-doubt. But they have this incredible ability to push past it, to choose to become better, to choose to be brilliant, to choose to push past their fears to choose to follow their dreams. And I absolutely believe that every single person has more brilliance in them if they were just that little bit braver to push past whatever fears to step forward. And you know what, Shane? The world needs us to be brilliant right now. Mm. The world needs us to step up, to speak up, to, to be that change, to drive that change that we want to be for ourselves and for the people we lead and the people that, that we are around every single day. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I, I know I personally have where there are moments that you go through and we look at people who are in potentially uh, positions of influence or that have global spotlight. And we ask ourselves the question, you know, oh, they just must be the exception. Um, these great people that come through in, in, you know, the kind of once in a generation type people, we look at and we go, they must just be the anomaly. And we realize that when you talk to those people, or you get up close and personal with those people, that they're just ordinary people who've made decisions to be more intentional about the way that they live their life. And all of a sudden, these people that we hold up in really high esteem as, you know, the anomaly, we realize that we have this also this creative potential within us to do something significant. Um, is, is that been some of your experience in talking to people? Oh, absolutely. And, and it is, you know, they are exactly like you and I. And if they can, why can't you? Mm. Um, I, I really do believe that you've got everything you need to become truly brilliant, to lead a successful and fulfilling life. But at the same time, I get it doesn't feel like it all the time. And, and right now, particularly right now more than ever, stress levels are at an all-time high, uh, exhaustion and fatigue are at an all-time high, uncertainty about where we're all going and what's next is at an all-time high. And if we're not careful, this fuels the self-doubt, it fuels the comparisonitis, it fuels the feelings of imposter syndrome, and it stops us being brilliant. And and I really do believe that, that if we could just slow down and turn our focus um, inside for a moment and take ownership of, of who we are, who we are being and who we want to become and and rise above limitations and imperfections. That will allow us to, to create the opportunities that are absolutely there. But it is a choice. Um, brilliance is a choice. 
brilliance is a practice, much like meditation and yoga. It requires an intentionality every day to become better, and it is a discipline. Um, and those people that we look to for inspiration, those people that we look up to in terms of what they have achieved, have have discovered this this ability to push past the continual striving and proving for more, to rise above their limitations and imperfections that have previously held them back and are now operating in a place of knowing who they are, knowing that they are bringing their brilliance to, to, to the marketplace. And as a result, they're able to operate from a place of flow and consequently create more impact and more influence. Mm, I love that. And one of the, the metaphors that I often use with, well, actually I use it all throughout my book in Lead the Room, was this idea of we often focus in terms of if we, if we use the metaphor of driving a car and getting people to come on a journey with us, we often talk a lot about um, how do we become a really good driver. And I, and I often say to people, that's important, but I think we miss a much bigger picture here. And the first thing is, well, who are you that a person would want to get in a car with you in the first place? And we've both kind of focused this lens around who you are really matters. And it's actually what talks talked about in the in the first law of brilliance. And I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper on that law today. But maybe as a starting point, can we maybe zoom out on the, the big picture of the book and let's take the kind of forty thousand foot view of it? You, you talk about four <laughs> yeah. laws of brilliance yeah. in there. Um, can you give us an overview of all four, and then we'll dive deep on just one of them? Um, because I, I really want to focus our our conversation today. So, what what are the four laws of brilliance all about? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. And, and just to put this into into context, for the last couple of years, I've been hosting my own podcast, Unleashing Brilliance, and I started this podcast way before this book came into fruition as an idea. Um, and the reason the podcast started is because I was starting to question, you know, I talk a lot about collaboration and a lot about networking and connection, and I've written two best-selling books on that. And I was still curious as to why do some people still find it tricky? Why is it still so hard? And hence why the podcast started um, with an intention of really digging deep behind the stories of success, trying to find if there were some commonalities. And you know what there were, whether you were a captain of industry, uh, a thought leader, a game changer, an incredible entrepreneur or philanthropist or athlete, there were these four traits that kept coming up time and time again in terms of the tipping point to whatever that person's version of success were. And when I mapped these traits across my own life, uh, professionally and personally, they came up again. And and this has resulted in the further research and interviews which became this book and subsequently these four laws of brilliance. So the laws focus initially on yourself. Too many people are so outward focused, as you just said, Shane. You know, we spend so much time trying to acquire skills and yet we still don't think we're good enough. Uh, we're acquiring stuff and yet we're still unhappy. We're acquiring connections and yet we still feel disconnected. And so intentionally, these laws revolve around um, actually building your inner confidence and your connection with yourself first before you can then move on to connecting with other people and influencing other people externally. So the laws are, law number one is very much 
around being you. It's about owning your spotlight. It's about discovering, really rediscovering, reimagining, uh, re-falling in love with yourself again to go, who are you? Yeah. Um, you know, I challenge in the book, I, I have a lot of respect for Simon Sinek's work, It Starts With Why, and equally I go, it's created so much tension out there. There are so many organizations that have invested thousands of dollars trying to uncover their why, so many individuals almost getting incredibly stressed because they don't know what their why is. And I'm going, you know what, I actually think there's a more important question first. And that question is, who are you? Mm. Who are you? Who are you being? And who do you want to become? And it's really hard because for so long we have externalized the person that we think we should be. We smooth off our edges. We hide the bits that are different about us. We we almost bury our story and our history and we forget to share who we are, our mm. expertise and our dreams for the future. So law number one is all about own your spotlight because only when you can stand solidly in your spotlight, when you can rise above your imperfections, when you can stop beating yourself up about your limitations, are you truly able to create the space for others to do exactly the same. Mm. Until then, we are always faking it till we make it or bringing a part of ourselves into our connections conversations, um, the way that we're leading. So law number one, own your spotlight. Law number two then is about um, actually being ready to be a better version of yourself. It's ensuring that you're functioning at your best. And this is all about harnessing your energy. Um, I see so many people in my work that externally look like they're coping, but actually internally they are surviving uh, and only just they are time poor, mm. uh, they are exhausted, and they are like a walking robot or zombie of life versus living as a human being with extraordinary potential. And too many of us have uh, for so long been rushing through life. We're feeling fatigued with the choices that are available at us, to us. We're stretched. Mm. Uh, insanely across multiple responsibilities and we've given over our boundaries our calendars our time to everyone else and I say busy isn't leadership and actually law number two is all about getting back in control it's about reimagining the sort of life that you need to live to make sure you're operating at your best and mm. it's all about ownership Law number three is then about actually this this calls on my a lot of my IP that I've I've shared for years now because I truly believe you cannot be successful alone. There is no way you can achieve your goals and your dreams without an incredible support group behind you. So law number three is about connecting with intent. Mm. It's about truly engaging in a way that really matters, not superficial connection or engagement, but really engaging from a place of curiosity, from a willingness to relearn yourself and surrounding yourself with that right network and learning to collaborate effectively, properly, and in a way that allows you to step forward. And then law number four is about enhancing your impact and magnifying your influence. This is really about stepping into that place of self-leadership and leading other people. It's about how do you lead continually 
above the line. And and when I talk about leadership, and I know you talk the same, Shane, it's not just about, you know, there's leaders in industry that have got teams to manage it. How are you how are you leading every day? How are you impacting the people around you, whether it be your community, your family, your team, your organization, in such a way that you are creating that scholarship. You are creating this vision and paving the path for the future. And in this law, it's also about amplifying the talent around you. The biggest success that you can ever have is when you unlock brilliance in other people. Mm. And that's really my my big, big vision, Shane, through this book and this work. Um, Tony Nash, the CEO of Booktopia last week, interviewed me for his podcast and he said, Janine, you know, we need to have a brilliant pandemic. And I went, yes, we do, Tony. <laughs> and then I went, you know what? I am actually on a mission to unleash brilliance in 10 million people over the next 10 years. And if we can do that, if that, if that statistic of you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with is true, and we can unleash brilliance in 10 million people over the next 10, year, 10 years, just imagine the impact that that will have. If we individually feel more brilliant, the impact, the knock-on effect, the ripple effect that we can have on our families, on our teams, on our communities, on our organizations, on our businesses will be phenomenal. And that's what we need right now. I love that. You are... You have this incredible vision um, to really uh, impact and influence others. And really, that is the the later parts of the book is how do I shift now to help unlock brilliance in other people? And that that's, I mean, incredible in itself is being able to bring out the excellence and the brilliance in others. But I reckon one of the biggest barriers in terms of the conversations I have with people is actually more at the front of the book. And the front of the book is that first law you touched on, which is around being you and owning your spotlight. Mm -hmm. And you've got this great quote in the book. You you say, stop playing a supporting role in somebody else's dream, which is that idea that we we all, we put ourselves, we hold ourselves back. We, we, I guess, avoid stepping into the spotlight or owning it because of a lot of things that you touched on, the imposter syndrome, but it feels like in many ways there's these barriers because the same spotlight that you know can promote us can also reveal us and so we we are hesitant and cautious at times to step into that spotlight what do you think are some of the big barriers that hold people back from really stepping in and owning the spotlight and and you're so right i mean we are our own worst enemies um we stop ourselves from stepping into the spotlight and it's because um, that that feeling of stopping, of stepping into the spotlight, has almost been beaten out of us. It's mm. been beaten out of us in the playground. It's been beaten out of us by the queen bees and the wannabes. It's been beaten out of us to some extent by three sixty reviews that focus on what we're not good at. Mm. And essentially, um, from an early age, we we are asked to conform. We're told to fit in. We're given a tick or a cross, an A, a B, or a C. And it, it literally is, is this unconscious um, thing that we've got where we're listening to voices in our heads that are telling us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not savvy enough. And we are our own worst enemies. And hence why it's so hard. It is a choice. It is a practice to push past. Because the voices in our heads are the things that, that stop us from following our dreams they, they force us to listen to our fears and they keep us in status quo. The other thing is we're so busy looking at everybody else 
that this this need to conform, um, this comparisonitis thing, mm. again, that stops us from moving forward. So I absolutely appreciate it. It's not easy. And, you know, writing this book, I've gone through my own imposter syndrome. Um, I, I call the voices in my head, there's a chapter in the book and I talk about quit listening. I think I say stop listening to Mildred, which um, I had a wonderful chance to interview Sherilyn Shackle. She's the founder and CEO of a phenomenal business in the UK. And we were talking about what holds them back. And it's always yourself. It's always the voices in your head, some of which have been programmed into you just through the, your upbringing and the years of growth and what you are choosing to listen to um, and some of which you are perceiving to, to be true. And we've got to stop listening to them. It's like when you get feedback, you might get, I was talking to a colleague, a mutual colleague of ours, who is a phenomenal keynote speaker. And, you know, she got hundreds of great bits of feedback. And there was one piece of feedback that said, yeah, but not quite as good as X person. And she just focused on that. Why do mm. we do that? Why can we remember that one kid in the playground that told us we were way too skinny? Why can we remember that one piece of negative feedback from that manager that told us you'd be better if? Why do we not focus on the good stuff? Mm. And, and this is what holds us back, Shane. We've, we've got to realize that, that you have so much potential in you. You have so much more brilliance in you, but it requires you to start listening to the good stuff, to quit those negative voices, to understand that you aren't perfect. We all have flaws. We all have imperfections. We all have limitations, but it's up to you to choose whether you're going to let them hold you back or whether you're going to step into your own individuality, your own strengths, accept your weaknesses, almost mm. have a good laugh at yourself and move forward. Because when you're protecting yourself, when you're only bringing in a portion of yourself to how you're connecting with people, uh, the conversations that you're having, how you're leading, it's, we, we see it. Mm. And we talk for so long, we, you know, we've been talking for years about authentic leadership and real leadership and collaboration and teamwork. And I'm going, none of that will work. Like, this is where this book came from too. I go, collaboration, networking cannot happen effectively mm. until you start connecting with yourself. Oh, because there will agree. always come a point that we can't push past. So we hold ourselves back. Um, in all honesty. And the mm. things that hold us back is when we get tired, you know, the fatigue kicks in and we, we're just pretty shitty with ourselves when we mm. get tired. And at the moment, that's what I'm seeing everywhere. We respond in the wrong way. We don't see with clarity. Mm. We focus on the negative when we're tired. And the other thing that takes over is I call it the blame triangle. So we're either deflecting um, our inability to succeed onto someone else. It's someone else's fault as to why we haven't got that promotion or why we haven't won that gig or why we haven't got those sales. Or we detract. We detract to something else. It's the economy. It's society. It's ex-competitor. Um, it's the fact that we're in a pandemic. Or, as I, as, as I said, at worst, we become defeated. It's our fault. Mm. Now, none of those things will help us own our spotlight. And the only way to push, push past is almost to take this time out to actually go, what is getting in my way? Yeah. Is that real? 
and how can I push past it? And often we need other people to help us do this. Um, you did it for me, Shane. And I, I remember phoning you at about six weeks before this book launch, um, after probably sitting in the chair in tears going, who am I to launch a book about being brilliant in a pandemic and how am I going to make this work? And uh, we were chatting and you literally called me on my own bullshit. You said to Janine, you need to follow through on your own IP. You need to reach out. You've got people that love your work and you need to ask for help. You forced me, Shane, to step into my spotlight and thank thank you for doing that. But we've all got to do it. No, We never get to a point of having this sorted because our, the fatigue kicks in, the blame kicks in, and it's about our ability to take ownership of where we're at to move mm. forward. I love that. And you touched on a couple of really big um, ideas here that I think if you, people who are listening to this, if they took a couple of big things away of what it takes to be able to step into that spotlight, the number one thing that you keep repeating and and reinforcing is that this actually comes down to a choice. This is not something we fall into. We don't fall into brilliance. We choose our way into that. Um, And some of the things that you're talking about really helpful ways, but some of the barriers that stop us from being able to do that is just the, the voices or the stories that we're telling ourselves that say that we're not good enough or that we're you know we're too busy or that we can't do these things um or we listen to the unhelpful voices of people around us that and we hone in on the criticisms um i have a personal rule with myself um because when, when i do training I'll, I'll get evaluations and my personal rule with myself is i'll only allow myself to be upset about a a, a, a lower score in proportion to how excited I'll let myself be for a good score. Cause I often find it if I'm, if I'm focused on all of my reviews, I might get one that's less than the rest of them. And I'll focus all of my attention energy on the one that's less than, and there's all these others, which are more than, and I'm going, that's incredible, but I don't get excited in the same proportion that I do. I criticize myself. I think even that, just that idea alone of just being able to t- to pay attention to the internal voices that tell us that we shouldn't step into the spotlight or that we can't own the spotlight or that if we do, that um you know that we're less than or we have to be somebody else to be able to do that like these these thoughts alone are uh take a moment to unpack but really a lifetime to learn right oh oh, absolutely and and you know what even now you know i'm a i'm a mom of three teenagers um i'm literally have just stepped into teenage land i've never been a mom of a teenager before i make mistakes I'm a wife that has a business. I make mistakes. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I've got inner voices that are continuing to raise their ugly heads with me. I'm not brilliant. I have flaws and imperfections, but I've learned to accept them. And after so many years of honestly listening to those inner voices, of struggling Mm. with feelings of not being good enough, you know, I share lots of stories in this book. Uh, and the one thing, you know, I had a 20-year, very successful corporate career. On paper, it looked amazing. And yet, for years, I struggled with self-doubt and feelings of not being good enough. And when we give in to our inner demons and those negative voices, the reality is you cannot do your best work. You cannot bring the best of yourself to what you do. And, and we can't do what it is we want to do in terms of achieving with our lives. So... I've just learned personally to make sure I surround myself with great people. Mm. I've made sure to take that time to acknowledge when I'm feeling like I'm beating myself up. Where is the truth in that? And often it will be something to do with years and years ago. And I've gone, is this serving me? Because as I said at the beginning, those, those people that we look to as incredible business leaders, 
as incredible thought leaders, as people that are changing the world. They are just like you and me. Mm. They have flaws. They have imperfections. And if they can succeed, why the hell can't you? And the only thing holding you back in terms of becoming more brilliant is yourself. So it is a choice. It does take practice. And it is a discipline. Oh my gosh, what and a perfect! That's what I hope to share with you. Oh, team. what a perfect way to land this conversation. We talked about like really the opening of this conversation. The goal was how do we choose to be brilliant? And you just unpacked some really great principles for us to be able to to essentially start this journey. And we we kind of touched briefly on one of the four laws. And and I'm I'm, I'm reading your book at the moment. I'm I'm up to law four, and I absolutely love it. It's 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 such a fantastic book in terms of it's practical. You talk about be be you be ready, be together, be heard. And there's one other B in there that you've touched on um, that wasn't one of the big four and was be honest. And I, I feel like if I was to describe this book, it, it that's exactly what you've done. You've been honest. And as I read through the pages, I hear your story and I hear your journey and I resonate with a lot of the, the struggles and the aspirations and the goals of the book. And so I reckon people who are listening to this uh, will absolutely find themselves wrapped up in that journey, um, walking it alongside you and ultimately walking out of the book better than the way that they walk walked into it. And so, um, Janine, thank you so much for your time. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for it because I know you've been up early, you've been on TV, you're doing a whole bunch of things today because today's the actual, the launch day uh, for Be Brilliant, How to Lead a Life of Influence. Um, and so I, I would encourage everyone who's listening now, obviously, number one, reach out and connect with Janine on LinkedIn because the, the content you put out is gold. Um, but also um, jump online to Booktopia and pick up yourself a copy of Be Brilliant, How to Lead a Life of Influence. This no doubt will be another bestseller from you, Janine. I, I absolutely believe it because it's such a fantastic book. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Shane. It's been absolutely awesome to speak to you. Thank you so much. And thanks for uh, forcing me to quit the voices in my head and do do what you knew I could do. So thank you for all your support. That's it for another week of phone calls with clever people. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in you by checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes as they're released. And of course, I'd love to hear how this has added value for you in the reviews. Have a fantastic week.